most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. Backs, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. This is your divisional round DFS breakdown. I'm Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? How was a uh, super wild card weekend? Uh, it was it was up and down for me. So Saturday was pretty rough. I had that Manny Sanders. Um, under <laughs> 25 and a half receiving. I thought it was in the bag, man. And then he caught that ridiculous, you know, 30 yard touchdown. Like I said, Josh Allen has no chill. So I, I should have known I wasn't in the clear with that. Uh, but then Sunday was good. I had a clean sweep. Uh, I thought I went four and out on our, um, our prize picks uh, props this week, but I, I guess Jacoby Myers like got negative yards on it. Like he had like 42 yards and he finished with 40. Um, so I lost that one. So I went three and one. And then last night was just brutal. Uh, I had AJ Green over. Yeah. I, I think you did as well. So yeah. that was that was brutal because early in the game, he, you know, he almost caught that 32 yard catch on the sideline. Then he had the controversial 20 some odd yard incompletion and then just nothing after that. So, um, you know, good Sunday, but bad Saturday and Monday. How about you? Yeah, no, exactly the same. I think we're <laughs> on a lot of the same uh, yeah. plays, but even some, some, you know, there were some things that happened throughout the weekend. I feel like that I didn't necessarily expect, like uh, I didn't expect Isaiah McKenzie to be that involved mm. for the bills. Uh, Jarrett McKinnon kind of just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, over Daryl <laughs> Williams and Derek Gore was, you know, pretty surprising too. So um, yeah, it wasn't the best, but uh, on to, on to Cincinnati as Bill Belichick <laughs> would say. Exactly. <laughs> on to week. What is this week? 20, right? Yeah. Week 20, Week 20. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so we'll talk the main slate here. Um, this week, the main slate is just a four-game slate, so uh, we'll talk about it in that context. Uh, we have four games, obviously, Cincinnati, Tennessee. Uh, the line is three and a half in favor of Tennessee with a, a total of 47. That's on Saturday, along with San Francisco at Green Bay. The Packers are favored by five and a half with a total of 47 and a half. And you have Sunday, Rams at Bucks, Bucks by three, total 48. And then the Bills at the Chiefs, the highest total game of the week uh, at 55. And the Chiefs are favored by two. So some lower scoring totals here for this mm-hmm. uh, divisional round outside the Chiefs. Uh, quarterback, what do you like? Uh, so, I mean, it begins and ends with Josh Allen, right? He's um, 7,600, which still seems too cheap, just given how he's playing, given how much they're going to lean on him here. Um, his rushing upside has been absolutely insane lately. Um, I think it's four straight games now of 60 or more rushing yards. So this is a matchup where both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to raise each other's ceilings. Like neither team can get complacent. So I think both teams are going to be very stackable. Like you said, like the other games on the slate are going to be lower scoring, I think. So th- this is the game to stack. I'm just worried that Josh Allen's roster ship might be way too high here. But either way, he's he's worth every penny. Um, I think if I am going to spend down, I think Matthew Stafford at 6,200 um, stands out. He only had to drop back 21 times. Uh, he only attempted 17 pass attempts against the Cardinals. I mean, uh, Kyler Murray and the offense just really didn't give him, you know, any incentive to to really air it out. So 
I think he's a good buy low opportunity in a, in a matchup against the Buccaneers where he's obviously going to have to throw a lot more. Um, and he has a ton of stacking partners with, you know, Cooper Cup, Ola Beckham, Tyler Higby. So um, I, I think Matthew Stafford on the lower end is probably the guy I'm keying in on this week. Yeah, it's I'm looking at our fantasy labs models and Josh Allen, you kind of said it begins and ends with him. His ceiling is 50 points. Like that's nuts because our models like that's the 85th percentile. That's not even like the hundredth percentile. Like, okay, his absolute highest potential score, you know, would be 50 DraftKings points. That's like his 85th percentile outcome because, you know, we use a a sim score kind of Pocota like model here you know, with the different, with the different outcomes. And it's, that's just absurd. I mean, it's about four points higher than anyone else. So yeah, I'm all with you on Allen. And yeah, I think both of the quarterbacks in that Bucks uh, Rams game, Brady and Stafford uh, stand out because, you know, Stafford, they're probably not going to run the ball quite as much on Tampa. I know Tampa's had some issues with explosive runs, but they're healthier now at run defense. So I think Stafford will have to throw the ball more. Uh, And then on the other side, you know, this, Rams team is not like the Eagles. Like they're going to put up some points on that Bucks defense. So I think Brady's going to be forced to throw it more. And we saw that in the first matchup where the Rams won Stafford threw for 383 and Brady was at what over 400. So they combined for about like 800 passing yards in that, in that earlier game. I don't know if it'll be that crazy, but I think, you know, building a portfolio of quarterbacks here, you know, those two games, you know, that chiefs game and that Rams game are the two that stand out. Uh, especially with, you know, the news of Jimmy Garoppolo, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. And then, you know, that, that Titans Bengals game, I guess that's kind of the sleeper game, but you know, even Burrow, when he's not going against like these like straight up man coverage defenses, he's still really good, but uh, the, the numbers aren't always there. And the, and the pace is a little slower for him as we saw in that Raider game. So yeah. Uh, like, like that Stafford call, like Brady, like Allen, like Mahomes. Uh, all right, let's go to running back and running back is, I mean, that, this is the, this is the position where I, I don't know. I it's mean, shit. I was going to say it's a shit show. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Oh man. Um, your boy, Devin Singletary and your, what is it? Where'd you get 12 to one? Um, 14 to one, 14 to one, the best price, but yeah, uh, it was 12 to one for that MGM on convince me, but, uh, yeah, it's looking pretty good right now. Again, uh, I'm just kind of riding the coattails of the bills making the super bowl. Yeah. But, you know, he's the workhorse back now, so he's going to get pretty much every carry out of the backfield. So uh, I think it's down to like six to one now. So like my chances there. Yeah, he's also our top running back in terms of projected plus minus in our uh, fantasy labs models. So, um, you know, Singletary, he's he's kind of the guy that stands out. Who else stands out to you uh, at running back? Yeah. So, I mean, this just slate's kind of tricky right now because, you know, Derrick Henry, uh, he's the most ex- Defensive back and rightfully so, but we don't really know how healthy he is. Um, so right now he's my number two back uh, behind Joe Mixon. And then we don't really know what's going on with the Bucks or the Chiefs backfield right now. It's just impossible to project them. We don't know if Fournette's going to return this week. We don't know if Ronald Jones is going to return. Um, we don't know if Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to play. And like you said, Jerick McKinnon sort of came out of nowhere. I thought it's going to be the Darrell Williams, Derek Gore show. And Jerick McKinnon came out. So we might find some value there later in the week. But right now, uh, I'm just kind of staying away. So like you said, Singletary's the top option for me. And then Elijah Mitchell at 5,800. I think, you know, people will shy away from him this week because we're expecting a a negative game script. You know, I think Jimmy G is going to be forced to throw a bit more. But I mean, out of the gate, the 49ers are going to try to be run heavy, have a similar game plan as last week, try to keep 
the Packers offense off the field. So if they do sneak in a win here, you know, it's going to be because of Elijah Mitchell and he'll benefit from a positive game script. So um, I don't think he's a smash spot play at this price, but again, just, it's so tricky that you kind of have to go against the grain here. And I'm sticking with Elijah Mitchell uh, being the focal point of that 49ers offense right now. I think Singletary, Mixon, Mitchell, those three guys are kind of the best straight up value plays, you know, Mm -hmm. safest floors um, as of right now that we know. Uh, As far as guys for tournaments, I think that's when it becomes wide open. I really like Cam Akers uh, at 5,500. He played 53% of the snaps against the Cardinals, 18 touches, 95 yards for Akers. So uh, I think he's back. He's he's back in that role. His role, as we kind of talked about this on last week's show, like we, we had him projected for about a third of the workload, but his upside was getting like, you know, almost all of the workload and he got about half. So he's right in the middle. Uh, but this week, I mean, he could get, you know, two thirds or 75% or something like that. Yep. So uh, he's, he's up there, you know, cause his, he was priced before that Monday night game got underway. So he's obviously going to be a value that sticks out 5,500 on DK. And then I think McKinnon is worth, you know, rostering regardless. I mean, at this point, I, I don't know that he didn't play himself into a bigger role because I don't know if they intended necessarily to feature him um, coming into that game. But after the first few plays, it seemed like they just said, all right, you know, we're just going to leave you out there now. And and the other guys, you know, William, I mean, Williams has fumbled, didn't help. But at this point, I don't know how you really justify playing any of the, anybody, even Edwards Elaire over Derek yeah. McKinnon. Um, so I, I think McKinnon's worth, rostering well we'll see what we project his uh, roster ship to be later in the week but i don't just because of the uncertainty i don't think he'll be like you know 50 60 percent on this slate so uh, i think he's probably worth keeping in mind uh, as well yeah agree and you know darren williams he's dealing with a toe injury which obviously isn't good for running back so we'll just have to monitor that but i agree you know mckinnon looked great uh this is the kind of offense you just you'll take any back that gets 15 plus touches so yeah this is something to monitor and I won't shy away from McKinnon. Obviously, he's very talented. He looked great last week. So hopefully we just get more clarity uh, later in the week to trust him. And yeah, I love the Cam Akers call. When I did my, um, you know, fantasy playoff projections piece, I mentioned that uh, the farther the Rams get, the more I was giving Cam Akers in terms of, you know, touch share. Uh, So the fact that he already kind of leapfrogged Sonny Michelle last week means he'll probably get even more this week. Uh, I mean, he is their lead back. So yeah, I think he's kind of sneaky, especially since they didn't really update pricing. He's what 5,300 for the main slate. So love that call as well. Yeah. And he won't have to be like when you play the bucks, you don't really want that like power runner inside. Like you want a guy who can pop a big play. Uh, I know Michelle had a big play to start the game too, but um, acres kind of fits the mold of what, who you would play against the bucks. All right, let's go to wide receiver. This is another one where I think it's pretty interesting. um, Pricing wise. When's the last time Tyree kill was like, (laughs) Not even in the top I, three on a small slate. <laughs> yeah, no, his roster ship's going to be really high. I was going to say way too high, but no, it should be high because I don't know why he's this cheap. Um, he looked healthy last week. The only reason they limited his touches because they, they got up so big early. But you saw him do that backflip in the end zone after his touchdown. Yeah. He looks completely fine to me. So, yeah, I'm surprised he's not like close to 8K here, especially like we said, this matchup should be a shootout. So I'm interested in both Terry kill at 6,600 and Stefan Diggs at 6,500. <laughs> I mean, you, well, you have to like, uh, and you know, he was limited last week just because they didn't need him. And we, we mentioned that Belichick 
would probably scheme, you know, to take him out of the game. So I just think both guys are critical when it comes to these game stacks, no matter what quarterback you take, you send it back with either one of these guys. Uh, I just think both of these guys are too cheap. Um, and then, you know, in this four to 5k range, I think the guys that stick out for me are Brandon Ayuk at 5,200 and Van Jefferson at 4,200. Both of these teams could be in a more pass heavy game script this week. So those are the two guys that I think uh, would benefit from that. You know, their, their deep ball skills uh, would certainly come into play. So I think they're the sneaky plays in the middle tier. And then like on the lower end, closer to min price, I think Juwan Jennings, you mentioned him last week. I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that's stepping up for the 49ers right now. So again, with a, uh, you know, more pass heavy game script that I'm expecting this week, you know, Juwan Jennings could benefit. And then, uh, you know, Randall Cobb at bare minimum price. We'll have to see how healthy he is, but assuming he can return and get over, you know, 60% of the routes run this week, I think Randall Cobb could be sneaky in that 3k range uh, as well. Yeah, there's a lot of options. You know, I think Jefferson really stands out. Um, I think Isaiah McKenzie um, has to be considered because he essentially has taken that spot from Beasley. I don't know exactly, you know, what happened last week, but McKenzie like doubled up Beasley in, in snaps. And he was, but he was involved from early in the game. It wasn't like it was a blowout and then McKenzie started getting more work. It was, you know, McKenzie kind of from the jump. And they're using McKenzie a little bit as kind of like that backup running back. You know, like Zach Moss is is, is active, but Brita is not. So um, I think McKenzie is a guy who could keep getting, you know, design plays for him. Uh, I also like the bounce back spot for T Higgins. You know, he's back. We always talk every time he's below like 6K, you got to kind of look at him. And he's had he's had a quiet game, only one catch on four targets against the Raiders in a game that should have favored him. You know, he's been kind of their guy uh, against zone coverage. But, you know, every team is going to play a lot of zone coverage. Um, even though the Titans aren't necessarily as high as the Raiders are on that list. Uh, I think T Higgins is in the, is in a nice spot and people might be scared away. Cause he's like, you know, a little more expensive than Beckham who scored a touchdown and Ayuk, who's going to be, you know, in a, in a, you know, interest, a better game script. So I think people will kind of overlook guys like T Higgins, Julio Jones is another one. Uh, I think these guys that, that those kind of number two receivers um, in, in that game, people may overlook a little just with all the other options out there. Yeah, I love the Higgins call. I think he had, what, two drops yeah. last week. Uh, he had a couple balls where, you know, they would have been tough catches, but I've seen him make those catches all year long. So he just had a rough game. It's definitely a buy low spot on Higgins. They'll probably have to throw a lot more in this game. Uh, and yeah, I love the McKenzie call. He He's essentially the dollar store uh, Debo Samuel, right? Like, I mean, they're using him in a similar way. He gets, you know, carries. And yeah, I read an article saying that they, they prefer using him in the red zone over Cole Beasley. Uh, just because, you know, he's just a better, I don't know, route runner. Just they can use him. Not a better route ways. runner. He's absolutely he's not. not, that's, a better not route a, I'm saying, I'm saying in that, in that, uh, yeah, yeah, field, yeah, he has okay. more of a knack for the, that's why, I, you know, corrected myself. He has a knack for the end zone. And that's why I took him uh first touchdown score a couple weeks ago at 20 to one. Uh, I'll be looking to do that again here because, you know, he can get in uh, either catching the ball or running the ball. Uh, but he, he does usually find ways to find the end zone. But, like I said, he's kind of giving me those Debo Samuel vibes of late. So love that call as well. All right, let's go to tight end. And uh, tight end, we still have a pretty jacked slate. I mean, a guy who stands out to me is George Kittle, you know, coming off a pretty quiet game. He's priced down to 5,300. You mentioned it, probably going to be a little more passing. I don't think you're going to be able to jump out to a lead against the Packers quite as easily uh, as you were against the Cowboys. So Kittle's had, you know, 
really what four straight kind of quiet games uh, in a row. I think this is one where you're going to see him start to start to bust out in a big way. So uh, Kittle's the guy for me. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I like the Kittle call. I think everyone's kind of off him right now. Um, they've been using him as a blocker a lot more in these, you know, run heavy, positive game scripts. So if it flips this week, he could have a big game. Um, I think, you know, Gronk at 5,800, um, you know, he had a down game by only going uh, five catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Um, it, you know, it looked like Brady was trying to incorporate guys like Brashad Perryman, Tyler Johnson in the first half. Um, and then he kind of went away from that second half, uh, you know, started to target Mike Evans, Gronk a little bit more. I think he just starts off this game just targeting Gronk at will. You know, this is a, another good matchup for him where he's facing his own heavy team like the Rams. So I think this is just a Gronk smash spot. And yeah, I think you have to spend up at tight end. This this slate's too top heavy at tight end to really go too far down the list. But I think if, if I'm going to go cheap at tight end, the farthest down I'm willing to go is probably Higby at 4K. Um, you know, he, he had three straight games of five or more receptions until last night where he only caught three balls for 46 yards. But when you put it in the context that Stafford only attempted 17 passes, only two through for 202 yards, you know, th- this is a bounce back game for Higby um, in what should be a more pass heavy game script for the Rams. So I think Higby at 4K makes sense, but I wouldn't go any, you know, anywhere close to like these, these Uzomas or guys like that. It's not the time for that. Just spend up to get an elite tight end for this slate. As you say that, and then uh, Jeff Swaim catch two touchdowns. That's good. He can, he can <laughs> catch two touchdowns and be 2% owned. Uh, you know, that that's fine. But yeah, it would not, it would not surprise me, obviously. Two catches for two yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, defense. This is uh, another, I mean, I think the Packers kind of stand out the, when we, the, like after getting that Jimmy news that, you know, he, he could be playing with, you know, messed up thumb and a messed up shoulder. Like that's just, I mean, he already is like, it's all these in-breaking routes, you know, like I feel like the ball is at risk every time he throws the ball, even though he's been good for the most part. Uh, so I, I like the Packers here. I mean, do we have word on Alexander? Is he, is he potentially coming back for this game? Uh, I think LaFleur said he's hopeful he can play. So who knows yeah, what that means? I'm assuming, I thought he was um, close to returning uh, you know, like week 17, week 18. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would imagine he's going to suit up this week. Yeah. So that's, that kind of puts the Packers in a, in a, in a, a tier of their own, I think, but uh, who do you like at defense this week? Yeah, no, I, I love the Packers. Call. I think Zedarius Smith also might return. So that's going to be huge. And yeah, Jimmy G like, if they can get him into a pass heavy game script, which I think they will, um, you know, he's good for a few turnover worthy plays. Like he's been making some really bad plays and bad decisions these past few games and getting lucky on a couple of them. So I just think a slate like this, the Packers are, they're only three K. So that's, <laughs> you know, it's, they're worth spending up because you don't really have. Yeah. Oh, 32. Yeah. There, there's not many good options this week because, you know, all the offensive, uh, all the offenses left are pretty damn good. So I think the Packers make the most sense. I think you can make a case for like the Bengals being sneaky. Um, You know, if Trey Henderson can play this week, uh, this is a game where, you know, the Bengals have the firepower to get up early on the Titans, maybe force, you know, Tannehill in a pass heavy game script. So I think Bengals are sneaky at 2,700. I think they'll be, the roster ship's going to be really low, but uh, just the pure value play, it's got to be the Packers at 3,200. Yeah. And I like the, I like the, Titans as well at uh, 2,900. I mean, yeah. they're the cheapest. Uh, well, they're the second cheapest favored team. The Chiefs are 2,800, but 
I, I don't want any parts of going against Josh Allen uh, with right. the defense, but <laughs> the Titans, I mean, it's like the football cliche, but the Titans are going to play physical. And like we've seen, we know the Bengals as explosive as they are. They've had a tendency to give defenses some points. They, they led the league in sacks uh, during a regular season with 51. Uh, you know, Burrow was up there in terms of the interception leaders. So uh, the Bengals offense could make a mistake or two. And, and this Titans team, you know, a couple weeks to prepare in Tennessee, um, one of the lower totaled games uh, of the week. Uh, Titans actually and the second biggest favorite now that now that I look wow. at it, too. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Titans, both of the defenses in that game, I agree, shouldn't be overlooked because both of them are under 3K. And it's just, you know, it's kind of it's not as sexy. And it's like those defenses don't really stand out in terms of you think of players, you know, when you think of them like, oh, this they have this guy, they have that guy. But um, that could be a, a a very profitable game, I think, for defenses. Yeah, like, you know, stack Derrick Henry, the Titans defense right. is yeah. in play. And I don't think we've done a prop this pod, so let's do one prop. Okay. Because I'm curious where you're projecting it. But how many carries and rushing yards do you have Derrick Henry at right now? Ooh, uh, let's see. I guess I should set a line, huh? Yeah, you should. Um, so for rushing <laughs> yards, for rushing yards. 87 and a half. Are you over or under that? Uh, I'm over. I have him at 96. Oh, okay. Yeah. So over 20 carries over. Yeah. 22. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, the Titans are run every team, but I, I actually have Henry still getting a lower snap share around about 80%. So, you know, it's just, you know, when he's in a game, he's going to get his carries, right? Like that's right. I don't, if he's good enough to play, I don't see how you, give him anything less than 20 carries. So, right. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't, as long as he's active, I wouldn't worry about it. I think you treat him like he's, he's good to go. He's going to power through it. I think if there was an issue, he just wouldn't be on the field. So obviously something to, 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 to monitor. Um, but if he's going to play, I think he's going to be, he's going to be good to go. Agree. And if anything, they'll limit him in you know, the passing game. So guys like Hilliard uh, should still get some playing time, but I, I'm assuming Deontay Foreman is completely out of the picture at this point uh, with Henry back. Wait, really? I think the exact opposite. I think Deontay Foreman. I think Foreman's going to be to like the only other guy to get snaps. Really? You think it'll? So yeah, I think he's. I, I mean, just, watch him play. I mean, like I'm just saying that I, I kind of agree that anytime there's a running situation, they'll give it to Henry. Just yeah. if there's anywhere that you would limit him, would be uh, receiving usage. I mean, I would still put. I mean, they have been playing Hilliard more than Foreman, but I in this kind of game being that they're if like, they may only want to play two backs. I would still think former because we've seen former catch some passes here and there. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine them giving meaningful snaps to Dontrell Hilliard in a, in yeah, a, let's in a divisional not, round game. Like I said, this backfield is way more fun when it was just Derek <laughs> Henry. So let's, let's just keep it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I could, no, I could see because the one thing is, Foreman and Henry kind of are similar players. So it's right. like they, if Henry does get, you know, a few more breathers than usual, um, I still do think Foreman would come in. Like, I think he's like kind of a, a, a sneaky play, a sneaky, like touchdown bet. You know what I mean? Like, he, he'll probably be like 40 to one or something like that, but um, I could see him getting a couple snaps is what I'm saying. Yeah. Next up here on the fantasy flex is a segment we call elite entries where Sean and I dive into the prize picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, Start us off with your first prize pick lead entry for today. So I'm going with Joe Mixon over 55 and a half rushing yards. He struggled last week, you know, only, you know, rushing for 48 yards on 17 carries. But I think he'll bounce back this week. Um, We only need uh, yards per carry over like 3.2 to hit this. If he sees a similar workload, I'm expecting him to get 
between 17 or 18 carries again. So love the over here. He's cleared this in 12 of 16 games this season. So he's proven to be a very high floor player. Um, and I'm projecting this about 10 yards over. Uh, so I love this up to about 59 and a half. Yeah, uh, this, this number looked a little low at first glance as well. Uh, I'm going to stay in the same game and go with Jamar Chase over 69 and a half receiving yards. Uh, he's been over this in three of the last four. He averaged 86 during the regular season, over 100 in the first playoff matchup. And it was clear, you know, watching the Bengals play that that's what they're going to do. They're just going to force feed him uh, the ball. Like it used to be, we looked at kind of teams that play a ton of man coverage. That's when you really wanted to target Chase. But uh, I think that at this point, it, they're not going to play any games. They're not going to use him as a decoy. Uh, they're just going to kind of force feed the ball to him. And he gets one big play um, and this number is toast. So give me Jamar Chase over 69 and a half receiving yards against the Titans. Uh, where are you going for your second? I'm going with Anthony Ferkser under 25 and a half receiving yards. I cannot believe you let me take this. Thank you so much. <laughs> you This has your name written all over it. Uh, so, you know, the Titans have been going back and forth between Anthony Ferkser and Jeff Swaim as their main pass catching tight end. It looks like Ferkser is the, the lead pass catcher of this group now that Michael Pruitt um, is on IR. But, you know, Ferkser carries a very low floor. He's only through this number four times this year. Now the Titans have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, all back healthy. So Ferkser's going to take a back seat. Um, and, you know, I'm projecting this closer to like 16 and a half receiving yards. He just has a really low floor. So I love the chances of him being held out of this number. So uh, love Anthony Ferkser under 25 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I was picking my props before I saw this because I would have I would have been all over this, but I love it. Uh, yeah, I have him at 18 yards. Uh, I, I don't even think he's like the number one target after all the guys you mentioned. I think it's probably going to be Nick Westbrook Akina. Um, they, they really like him as well. So, uh, yeah, this is a smash under. Uh, and I guess we, we got to get out of this game. So with my fourth, uh, we'll, we'll go to a different game. We'll go to the Green Bay San Francisco game. I'm going Aaron Rodgers over 255 and a half passing yards against the Niners. You know, they got a couple of guys banged up on defense and Bosa and Warner. Um, but also, this Niner team, really good against the run. Um, one of the top teams, and we saw that against Dallas. So I think the Packers are going to have to throw the ball a lot, whether they want to or not. Um, he's been over this in nine of his 15 full games. Had 261 versus San Francisco in the first matchup, um, which is a, a few few yards over this. Um, I have him projected in the mid-260s as well for this one, just because I think uh, against this San Francisco defense, you're not going to be able to consistently run the ball. And, and I think he's going to want to throw it. You know, they're prepared. They, they've made him look silly in the, in the last couple of meetings, um, you know, dating back to 2019 in, in, the, in the playoffs. So um, I, I think here you're going to get a good Aaron Rodgers game. So give me over 255 and a half passing yards. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our elite entry for today. To recap, Sean is going with Joe Mixon, over 55 and a half rushing yards, and Anthony Perkser, under 25 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Jamar Chase, over 69 and a half receiving yards, and Aaron Rodgers, over 255 and a half passing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move, so you want to get on it quick in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They will match your first deposit up to $100, or you can visit prizepix.com. Use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, now back to the show. That's going to do it for the Fantasy Flex Divisional Round Playoff Preview presented by Prize picks. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. 
And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our betting content, uh, fancywebs.com for our DFS content tools and models. And uh, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. We will be back with our props episode on Friday. Uh, Until then, let's get this money.